the aged care system is facing a critical challenge. Medication management, often the lifeline for many, is riddled with complexities and errors. How do we make sure that medications are administered safely, efficiently, and with the utmost care in an aging population? Today on the show, Sophie Turner from Talking Health Tech speaks with Phil Offer, CEO of BestMed, a company that's dedicated to transforming medication management for the elderly. In this episode, we talk about the biggest problem facing aged care today and why medication management is at the epicenter of all these challenges. Why building real connections across healthcare silos is crucial for effective medication management and some valuable insights from a wealth of data in medication management and how this data is driving positive change. Collaboration starts with the conversation, Team Health Tech. Let's make it happen. This is Talking Health Tech with me, Peter Birch, featuring content and community about technology in healthcare. Between now and the end of June, we're conducting the 2024 Talking Health Tech audience survey. This helps us prioritize content, hone in key messages, and refine the show to make it even better. We also want to understand who the biggest cohorts of our audience are. So I'd love for you to take five or 10 minutes to have your say and complete the survey. Everyone who completes it goes in the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of THT Plus membership credits to put towards a membership for yourself as an individual or to help get the word out about your company. The link to complete the survey is in the show notes of this episode, or just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey. Hey, Phil, welcome to Talking Health Tech. It's great to have you here today. Do you want to dive in and tell us a little bit about who you are and, and BestMed? Yeah, thanks, Sophie. My name's yeah, Phil Offer. I'm the CEO of BestMed, and I've been in, in the seat now for, for over a year. BestMed itself was founded uh, over seven years ago now, uh, and it's been servicing quite uniquely really showing the power of connection across three sort of silos in the aged care and health area. So we're connecting up aged care, pharmacies, and doctors. There's 65 of us in the team now, uh, and we cover over about a third of the aged care facilities in Australia. Wow. So a sort of a, an all-encompassing medication management system. That's right. We really sort of, I suppose, show that, that power of connection in a way, actually. It's very common, you know, for digital health that you tend to work in your silo, get things clinically safer, more efficient, so there's a sustainable sort of business model. But best med is slightly different, really, because to actually overcome the problems of medication in aged care, you actually need to connect up all of the players. And that's what our software has done, is we've built it out over the number of years. Amazing. So I want to go back on these. Problems in aged care. What is one of the biggest problems that were faced in aged care? Well, there are a number of them, and they've been well kind of shown, I suppose, particularly by the Royal Commission. Mm. So that was a really thorough search into that sort of sector. In terms of medications, um, you might be surprised to know that it was had the largest number of complaints to the Royal Commission. There were 1,077 people that wrote in to the Royal Commission about medication errors. That's almost 50% higher than anything else. I think the next one was around sort of falls. So it's a sort of key sort of issue. Uh, obviously, these are very frail members of our population. Uh, and when they're taking many complex medications, so uh, some of them in double digits in terms of the number of pills that they take a day, uh, and also you get the conflicts and the adverse effects that happens with that. And about 20% of 
and some of the unplanned admissions into hospital for the elderly is due to medication yeah the complications that arise out of that so, uh, so it's yeah. a really core issue that uh, has been highlighted by lots of people of something that we can address uh, and that's why the commission recommended you know, software electronic medication management software needed to be installed in aged care homes. well that's my my background's um nursing and i've certainly have witnessed that you know that 20 odd percent i think it was 27 percent you mentioned of medication complaints is from that those medication errors, but who we see coming through into the ED department mm. and, you know, managing those those errors that have happened. So what's the biggest challenge in implementing that kind of a, an electronic medication management system that was one of the recommendations from the commission? Well, I think the, the challenge is first is for a lot of sort of aged care sort of homes is there is is a seismic change going on in regulation. So um, so it's not like they're just being asked to just do this one thing. Mm. You've seen the funding model change uh, over the last sort of 12 months quite sort of radically. You've seen the introduction of a 24-7 sort of nursing target. So the first challenge, first of all, is where does this fit in the raft of priorities that we need to address um, for actually our home? And, and for people that may not know sort of aged care as much, um, the regulation here uh, is very sort of exacting, um, a lot more. I think it, it was eye-opening coming from other sectors of sort of healthcare in here um, because if you don't actually fix many of the issues that the regulator wants uh, and you go into sort of sanctioned, then you can't bring any new residents into your home in a period of about six months and it costs you on average about a million dollars to get out of that. So there are very sort of heavy penalties to make sure that you do get and you're abiding by all of that regulation. So, uh, so when you've got multiple things in the aged care standards to look after, the biggest challenge first is where do I go right now? So now there are some incentives and the government has got some program on, particularly around medication management, uh, and we're in the second year sort of, of that. So that is helping with that. But the biggest challenge by overall is regulatory change that I'm trying to face and also you know, the workforce challenges that we're seeing in a lot of healthcare in Australia, actually. How do I get the staff uh, and the right skilled staff and engaged uh, in my sort of business? So, so one of our challenges is how we actually sort of sell uh, and implement our solution in the background of that environment. Sure. So you, you'd mentioned a little bit, um, and we might talk a bit more around that, but the elect, that's the electronic national um, residential medication chart is I think what you were referring to. Yes. Sir. And and that's a part of what Best Med can, can offer you become a part of a, a, that solution? Yes, yeah, so we were part of, okay. um, I mean, our solution predated that standard mm. coming in. Uh, we were part of the trials that were done for that and had the largest number of homes as part of that trial. So um, so our solution is now conformant mm -hmm. with the requirements for that. And it's at the moment we're in a transitional phase. So, uh, so make sure that we can do everything. And then later sometime next year, we'll go to what's called full ENRMC took me about a year to, get, to be able to say that acronym, uh, and that means where it is one live medication record that's going up into sort of my health record, um, and then out to the parts where it's the pharmacy, or the doctor as well. It controls the token. So now we're in a transitional phase. The government that has been giving grants for aged care to put this in, uh, they step down each year that you need to do uh, for that grant, uh, and it's and it's varies according to your geographical status, whether you're regional or metro, and whether you're a profit 
for-purpose organization. So, um, so that's certainly that's helps. I think for more uh, aged care homes to be able to take up, um, it's a reason to focus now. Uh, and it also comes with the kicker of if you get the grant, you have 12 months to actually get the implementation in as well. So uh, mm. and I would say, I mean, I've, I've seen the rollout of uh, digital health initiatives across primary care and secondary care. This one has actually hit its target really well. Uh, we think probably about half the market is now sort of penetrated with electronic medication sort of management. Uh, and the way the incentives are done and the pre-work around the standard has actually meant that it's probably one of the fastest and I think one of the smoothest digital health initiatives that's done that's probably flown under the radar uh, at the moment. Um, but it's actually been sort of embraced by the providers really well. The Talking Health Tech podcast has evolved a lot over the years, all based on audience feedback. Now I need your help, yes you, to shape the future of this show. Between now and the end of June, we're running our biggest campaign to date in order to understand what makes the global healthcare ecosystem tick. Last time we ran our Talking Health Tech audience survey, we learnt 40% of our audience are clinicians, 77% of our audience tune in for professional development and market awareness, 8% of people listen to Talking Health Tech for competitor profiling, and only 2% of people listen to the podcast to fall asleep. And this time around, I can't wait to find out about your preferences for audio versus video content, which topics we should dive into more, preferences for hosts and formats and geographical reach and so much more. And don't worry, we'll be sharing all the insights once all the responses are collected as well. So if you're a supporter of Talking Health Tech and you can spare five or ten minutes, please complete our 2024 audience survey. And to say thanks for your input, everyone who completes the survey goes into the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of credits towards THT Plus membership. Go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey or the links in the show notes of this episode as well. I'm, I'm curious as to how... Um, so when we implement something, we often, you know, what we're implementing is very much facility-based and mm. this national record is really bringing all stakeholders together to reduce the the risk of um, duplicate data duplication and that manual um, entry and transcribing to reduce those yeah. errors. How do you how do you go across or go about successfully implementing that across three different um, facilities, the GP, the pharmacy, and then the, the residential facility. Well, you're right. It's, uh, there is a degree of coordination that's sort of needed there because all of them need to come on at the sort of same time. Uh, I think where uh, this initiative may differ from others is there are some benefits. Every person actually in that connected sort of workflow benefits from it, from having access to one live medication record, and they all experience the problems when they don't have that right now. So what differs, I think, from sometimes other um, initiatives you sometimes see around care planning where sometimes yeah, the GP benefits from it, but there's kind of less that the specialist or sometimes the allied health person might see from it. All of the people in those in that connected workflow actually deal with the issues right now of actually chasing up the latest information, um, dealing with the incidents that occur, if they've actually given medication or sort of or overdoses because they didn't realise what they're on right now. So there's an element that people lean into this because they understand where the sort of problem is. And on top of that as well, actually, there are benefits for them as to how it's sort of done, and particularly sort of in pharmacy. So yeah, in pharmacy itself, it's not just around the clinical benefit as well of actually being able to understand the latest medication. It helps to be able to keep contact with that aged care home. 
And we, our, what our software does as well, so it's more than just sort of the record, is we actually help them sort of pack that medication too. So we actually provide hardware into the pharmacies to be able to dispense at scale the medications and sachets and the equipment to be able to check that as well. And that was a key part, I think, of how the business was sort of founded as well. So for the pharmacy, much more cost effective. It takes the error rate below one in a million. So it's at or if not better than the centrally sort of packed medications that you can sort of get. So there's real benefits for the pharmacy to be able to do that, as well as that connection sort of with the home. Uh, for the home, uh, there's definitely obviously clinical benefits, but efficiency as well. So in our sort of time and motion analysis, we've seen the sort of nurse round times go well, down by at least 34%. Well, the follow-up administration times is, you know, is 60 to 70% sort of better. You're not having to chase those bits of paper up, and particularly for sort of reporting. Yeah, wow. Doctors, yeah. Uh, and for doctors as well, they are you know, equally be able to prescribe. Yes, they could do it in their sort of current sort of software, but actually be able to contact and have the messages back from the pharmacy from the aged care in one spot is a real sort of benefit sort of for them. And we have over 6,000, actually 7,000 doctors now who are sort of using the system with us, and they're now referring us on, actually, which I think is, yeah, that speaks volumes. So uh, you've touched on it a little bit, um, but just the, the sheer insights from the data that you have um, collected and you do have on hand, what yeah. else have you learned from this data of, of doing this for the past seven years? I think what we have learned, and we're doing some research currently with Macquarie University, uh, we've got two uh, we're part of the consortium for two medical research uh, future fund products right now. Uh, and what you can see is the direction around some of that medication, where it's gone. So around the psychotropic sort of medications that are in there, around sort of depression and anxiety. So one of the incidents of the Royal Commission was obviously around where chemical strengths was perhaps being overused by that sort of medication. We can see in our charts going back multiple years homes that are on our software, we are seeing a downward sort of trend. And that's partly because in our workflows themselves, we actually say if you're going to prescribe some of those medications, you've actually got to put the reasons why. So for antimicrobial, you may be asked actually what's the pathology test as well. So we actually put some of those steps in to validate why does that person need that medication. So it's available there if it's required later in terms of inspection, uh, but it also acts as that clinical sort of decision support as well for them, that nudge to say, okay, does that person really need to be there? So we've certainly seen improvements there. Um, the other part as well is just the basic nurse rounds. One of the key issues in medication areas is, does it happen on time? Particularly vital for some people, you know, like Parkinson's, Parkinson's where the yep. medication is really important. So the software is really good. You can see exactly, obviously, when that medication round started, when that medication was given. Uh, and for a sort of uh, an administration, you've got to be able to see across all of your homes as well. So you can very clearly sort of show, okay, if there's some issues there that might need further training on, um, and you have the ability to spot those early and be able to hone in on them. Up and give that training to, to lift up the standard. I guess the, the early warning and feedback loops, but across not just medication errors and adverse reactions, but in terms of highlighting where there's room for quality improvement and yes. further training and education. Absolutely. So, and I think it's that feedback loop that goes back. One of the things in healthcare often the struggle is, is that the feedback loop isn't always there, actually. So I always just think when I was in the GP sector, you know, if a patient doesn't come back, the doctor doesn't know if they've got better, have they necessarily gone to the hospital, have they actually passed away, or they really didn't like the bedside manner that they've gone to another practice. Um, a lot of the time, people don't know that. So actually having feedback loops really tight 
is one of the issues where I think digital health can really help. Um, and so with aged care and our medication software, that reporting at the touch of the button, which previously you know, people were opening lever arch files, putting things into Excel, trying to work out which home might be actually sort of using more of a certain medications or more chemical restraint, more antimicrobials, that data is now there at the touch of a button. So when they're having the medication advisory committee meetings, they've actually got the real-time data available and you can see it and look at it across homes and actually understand what's going on. Is it clinically valid uh, or is there some sort of training issue that, that they need to address? So then when we, we come back to, I guess, we've got, um, we've got the patient, we've got the facility, um, the administration within the facility and the GP prescribing, um, the pharmacies play a big part in this. How how have you found like forming these partnerships within the space? Well, I think uh, I mean, we really started from a pharmacy um, background. So our origin was like a lot of software was people going, there's got to be a better way of doing this. So, wow. um, so two of our co-founders, Sam and Joe Njazi, were servicing lots of aged care facilities from their sort of pharmacy and they were packing manually into blister packs. So when you've got 20, 30 homes um, and lots of pharmacies sort of text and then people doing the double sort of checking, you know, there's like a lot of worker bees going around at a certain sort of process. Mm. Even then, you can't get the error rates sort of down. So they really sort of started and the product was built as, okay, from those insights as to how do you sort of make it better. So they went out and found some hardware uh, with our partner, Yuyama, it's the Japanese manufacturer that does the sachet machines and Zeus that actually does the check. So photographs the sachet and looks for the, the medications to make sure it's the right type, uses the same technology that you find in an airport um, scanner. So they got that part, but then they think, okay, we've got to be able to be able to load the data up. And that's actually where they started. They helped some other family members to be actually build the software that could be able to do that. And it was from the insights around there of the complexities of what you need to do that they actually built that software around. Because it, when it comes to pharmacy and aged care, it's about the long tail. So there's lots of people with complex conditions, many different sort of medications and the way that they are packed. And it was the learnings from that that allowed them to be able to build that into the software and the recommendations you know, from our own sort of customers. So we started in that pharmacy base and then it was, you know, realization was, you know, great, we've, we've improved efficiency in the pharmacy, but to be able to take the error rate down, it makes sense to be able to then go to aged care so we can get the data without having to retranscribe it. And then later, of course, we went to the doctor. So it's entered once and goes all the way through it. But that sort of pharmacy piece for us was core because it, for them, it meant they could uh, you know, reduce the amount of pharmacy tech labor they needed. They took the error rates down, which meant they serviced aged care better. And they actually allow them to attract and, and be able to service more aged care homes. Uh, and that's what we see from pharmacies within our best med network. They're specialized in this, um, which means they're often chosen above sort of central packers because they're more responsive um, and they've got sort of on par error rates. So then where's the next um, level of automation within pharmacies then to make that more efficient? Oh, I think there's, we're always looking at, we're always getting suggestions and feedback of, in that sort of long tail of processes of where you can sort of go to uh, and looking within the software around what additional intelligence we can sort of build into it. Uh, one of the key challenges of pharmacy, like anywhere actually, is obviously attrition in the workforce. So how do you get somebody trained up quickly to be a user product that's been built to address lots of various different situations? 
So it's very much focused on how you can guide somebody through to be able to use that sort of software. Um, and some of the intelligence that's coming out now that's being built into the product, I think it's really exciting to work in terms of. It's never going to be fully automatic because, obviously, the pharmacist has always got to be there to be checking. But there's more we can do in the background to say, okay, where are sometimes there might be errors or if you miss this, so you can make sure that you service those edge games much better. All right. Well, we're going to stay in the future. What are some of the biggest challenges that you see ahead? I think that the biggest challenge we're probably seeing about is well, we're going to see more consolidation of aged care sort of homes. Um, you can see that already happening sort of right now. So uh, the top 10 have been growing sort of bigger and they've been putting more in. So you're going to see more enterprise level sort of processes go in there as they look to get the synergies for managing those sort of homes. But the challenge as well is, is okay, how do you sort of keep that focus on care we digest all of this regulatory change, and then where do we land outside of that? So, um, so we're a data-driven business that's got that care and respect for the resident at its sort of heart, and it's got that safety net of processes around it to make sure that they're you know, cared as best as they possibly can. So there is, you know, there is no shortage, obviously, of technology that could be plugged into it. I think overall, the the biggest challenge in the next five years is to really see sort of aged care plugs fully into the health service. We, you know, to a certain extent, people are now you know, delaying when they go into some of those residential aged care homes there, actually. So it is becoming more and more part of you know, palliative care, um, and it can do really well. It can actually take those people out of hospital and be sort of in there. So we're going to see, I think, the clinical need go up in terms of those residential homes. And to do that, then says, okay, how do we connect all of the tools we've got available to actually look after those patients. So how can you predict better, you know, the likelihood of falls based around perhaps just their medications or data that we're getting, you know, as they're how well they're moving around up and around the home or actually staying somewhere in their room. So there's a lot more we can probably do to be when we're connected with all of the tech that will probably be in the age care home. How can we actually use that best for we can see it from the medication front, but also from the home they've got some actionable data that actually tells them what to do. Not a load of false positive alerts going saying, you know, this person's had a fall, they might do another one. That's really not that helpful. You can probably know that already, actually. I think how we refine that data to be really useful, because if it is, then aged care owners will actually find the business case to actually invest in it, and it will be sustainable. Actually. So tech for its own sake is not going to be where it's going to be. It's got to be integrated, and it's got to be sustainable, so it really brings both clinical um, and some efficiency benefits for the back for those homes. The other challenge, I think, as well, is is how do you sort of outreach medication management just outside of the home? So the frail people are not always going to be in those residential homes. So many of our providers also that we service also in home care. So we're working very closely with them now to say, okay, how does the software need to adapt for you to be able to service those people in home care um, and beyond effectively? So... Um, that is a sort of key focus for us now. There is some new funding that's coming in in two years' time with support at home, um, and that you know, is very much more likely to be able to help support medication management at home. So regardless of where you are, if you've got complex medication needs, you should be able to access a provider that's using this software so that they can manage those needs in a clinically um, well way. I think that's such an important piece is we want to stay at home longer. Um, we don't want to go to, to residential aged homes. Um, I know my my parents are definitely, um, how do we stay at home longer? Um, 
and how how do we you know look after them when there are we are having more complex medication um you know needs and what needs to be managed and how can we support um family to be at home and to do that and to do it safely yes because i mean when you do i mean the benefits of when we've seen come in um you know we talked earlier around what successful implementation Mm. like well when you see that coming through we've seen medication errors drop by a third in the first quarter and keep on falling after you've actually brought that software in and more importantly those complaints drop by about 40 percent once you get them straight away so so there's real benefits to be able to sort of plug this in where you can see people are engaged and actively sort of using this technology because the benefits that amazing well phil thank you for your time today it's been lovely chatting and hearing about the part you're playing in the aged care sector and medication management it's been an absolute pleasure no problem thanks for having us sophie Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end of this episode. If you made it this far, you're the perfect person that I want to hear from. Our THT Plus audience survey is now open until the end of June, and I personally read every submission. In fact, if you leave a comment in the survey that you heard this promotion in a podcast episode, I promise I'll reply directly to you by email with a personal note of thanks, and I'll even buy your coffee next time I see you in person. It's pretty easy. Just go to talkinghealthtech.com survey and have your say. For more content and community about technology and healthcare, visit talkinghealthtech.com.